Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. One of the craziest things about this year from a sports perspective. And by the way, there are a ton of crazy things about this year from a sports perspective. Is in the world of football, how many different moving parts we have seen with the way the schedules are being put together. Games canceled, games postponed, games added. And one of the big challenges has been, particularly for a school like BYU, who I want to give props to right off the top to start the program. If you go back to August and July, everybody west in the mountain time zone and in the Pacific time zone basically decided there's no way we can play college football this year. Everybody turned tail. The minute that the Big Ten canceled, the Pac-12 followed suit, the Mountain West The only school in the mountain time zone or the Pacific time zone to be willing to play college football in July and in August was BYU. And BYU's entire schedule basically got canceled on them because they aren't in a conference and everybody started to say who was even going to play were only going to play conference games. And yet BYU fought as hard as they could to put together a schedule, they are undefeated. And they even said, as the season went along, if the opportunity should arise, we will play anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And then people dinged them some when Washington reached out and was interested in playing 
and BYU said, well, we don't really want to commit to playing you guys because we know the Pac-12 could schedule another Pac-12 opponent for you to play, and that could potentially tie us up. And so, as you break down this scenario, all of this is to BYU's credit. They are now in the process of driving all the way across the country because Liberty has got COVID issues and they're not going to be able to play against Coastal Carolina. And as a result, BYU, at the absolute last minute, basically, says, hey, we will show up and we will play you Coastal Carolina. And that, my friends, is an incredible testament to what BYU is all about. And look, I, I, I am not an expert in BYU football history, but I would think that this has to be one of the proudest seasons that has ever existed in Cougar football history because they had the stones to actually be willing to play when everybody else was turning tail and saying we aren't going to play And not only were they willing to play, they put together an entire schedule and then everybody else on the West Coast ended up following in BYU's lead. Let me just say this, because sports can be a metaphor for larger life in many ways. And I think this BYU story is a great example of that. Let me give you a little little story. It's easy to be a follower, right? There are sheep everywhere you look especially in this country in this day and age. There are people who just want to follow, right? They just want to follow whatever the masses say. That's where they're going to be. They don't want to think for themselves. There has never been a more powerful sheep herd than exists in America right now in the 21st century. Everybody wants to follow Nobody wants to think for themselves. Everybody's afraid of stepping outside the line and having somebody say something bad about you. As a result, there has never been a time where we need more intellectual lions, people who think for themselves, people who look at the data, people who are willing to sometimes stand off on an island by themselves because they believe that they know what's right and because they're not necessarily willing to follow the herd. thought about this recently. I certainly think of myself as someone who is willing to tell you exactly what I think every single morning, even if sometimes it upsets a lot of people, even if it may not be the majority of opinion, even if it may take months for me to end up being proven right. And that's because I am and try to be and consistently want to be intellectually fearless. And I've been proven 100% correct about college football and so has BYU. We said they could do it. We said they could do it safely. People were arguing against us for months that it was impossible, that all the players would die, that they'd all be hospitalized, that everybody's grandma and grandpa would die if they played football. And they've played football and they've done it safely. Just like I told you for months they could do it. Just like BYU told you they could do it. I thought about this. My youngest son 
playing baseball is learning all of the different positions on the field. He's five years old at the time. Never has played baseball. There's first base. There's second base. There's third base. There's home plate. There's the pitcher's mound. He's learning everything. And all the other kids are learning it with him. This is back in the spring. I don't know if I've talked about this on the radio, but I think it's an interesting example of what I'm talking about. Thinking for yourself as opposed to following the herd. Everybody out there on the baseball field is getting quizzed. Can you run to first base? Where's third base? And the coach says, can everybody go to the pitcher's mound? And one kid leads and everybody runs straight to home plate. My youngest son goes to the pitcher's mound all by himself while that entire herd of people run to home plate. I am sure there were other people that recognized those other five-year-olds. I am sure there were some of some of them thinking, wait a minute, I don't think that the pitcher's mound is where we're headed. I think that's home plate. But do you know what he did? He refused to do that, and instead he ran right to the pitcher's mound. He thought for himself in a time when everybody else around him was willing to not think for themselves. They were making the choice that the herd made as opposed to making the choice that was the smart decision, that was the right decision, that should have actually been made. And I just want you to think about this, the BYU example, that little baseball little league example. Are you a sheep or are you a lion in the way that you think and in the choices that you are willing to make? Are you a leader or are you a follower? Do you trust the decisions that are being made by yourself or are you afraid to think for yourself and do you follow what you think other people want to see from you so that you're popular on social media, so nobody gets mad at you on Facebook, so that you end up being someone who is a sheep as opposed to a lion? We need way more lions and way less sheep in this country right now. And BYU thinking like lions, so is Coastal Carolina. And by the way, Jamie Chadwell, the head football coach of Coastal Carolina, scheduled to join us on this program today to talk about how that decision went down and what it's been like to get ready for the biggest game out there. Just something for you to think about as we start the program today. Now, we're also a little bit behind in terms of breaking down everything when it comes to the top five and the bottom five in the NFL because we had this crazy game on Wednesday and it took us forever to actually get through all of the games. And as a result, I'm going to go ahead right now and give you my top five teams in the NFL. By the way, as I get ready to do the top five teams in the NFL, can you guys hear my cat? One of these two cats that we spent all this money on has gotten upstairs in my office. Dub, could you hear the cat walking around? I heard something going on. I wasn't sure if it was a kitty cat or if it was maybe one of your kids up and at him early in the morning. Yeah, no, the cats have found their way into the studio. And so I'm trying desperately to uh, to get the cats out of here. 
These are the expensive hypoallergenic cats that we have that we have purchased. I guess the door was cracked downstairs in my office, and now they're upstairs and they're running around, which is ironic. As we're talking about uh, intellectual lions and sheep, we got uh, these uh, these tiger cats running around up here. Not actually to tigers, like the tiger cats, Bengal tiger. Uh, these these little. They're not tiger cubs, but they're insanely expensive hypoallergenic cats. So anyway, we got two of them in the house. I've talked about this before, but they haven't made it into the studio before. So if you heard cats in the background, yes, audio guy, that was the cats have made an appearance for the first time on the radio show. I got to get them herded out of here. Uh, All right. Top five in the NFL. This is a little bit later in the week than we're ordinarily doing it. But how often do you have a Wednesday game? And usually we're starting off the Friday program talking about whatever happened on Thursday night football, but there is no Thursday night football this week. And so we'll finally get to ranking the teams after, what is it, week 12 of the NFL season, I think, that we just finished. The 12th week of the NFL season in the books. For some teams, we are completed 75% of the season. A couple of bye weeks out there that still have to uh, to be had. I think the Bucks are on a bye. I think the Panthers are on a bye, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as, we, uh, as we think about everybody finally hitting their bye week. We're basically 70-75% of the way through the season, so the top five starting to become a little bit more reliable. And you may have a hint of where I'm going on the top five. I have a new number one team, and it's the Chiefs. And the more I have sat around and watched all of these different NFL games taking place, the more, even though the Steelers won on Wednesday afternoon and got to 11-0, the more I am convinced that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, even though they've lost one football game. The Chiefs are on an incredible run. Dub, look up the, the how many games out of the last like 21 the Chiefs have won. If you count their playoff run, and if you go all the way the way through they finished the season after Patrick Mahomes came back from his injury, if you go through all of that, the Chiefs are on one of the most improbable and incredible runs in the history of the NFL. I think they're like 20 and 1 in their last 21 games with the Raiders being the only team that has beaten them. We know they're 10 and 1 in their last 11, but I think they won like the final 10 games of the season last year en route to winning the Super Bowl. Look that up for me, Dub. The result is I have got the Chiefs as the best team in the NFL right now. I know they lost to the Raiders. Some of you out there are like, yeah, but they lost to the Raiders. I don't care that they lost to the Raiders. They came back and beat the Raiders in Oakland. I feel like, or sorry, in Vegas. I feel like to a large extent that the Chiefs are basically able to play to the level of competition that they're going up against. Even the Bucks, who are a pretty decent team. The Chiefs came out and got up 17 to nothing, and it was like they were a little bit bored at that point. They only scored 10 points the rest of the game. They didn't really need to do anything else to prove that they were an elite-level team. And so as you break it down, uh, they are, Dub, what's the number there? 16-1 and one in their last 17 regular season games. Yeah, and then obviously we know what happened last season in the playoffs on their Super Bowl run, so... What's that? The three games last year in the postseason, so we'll make that nineteen and one. Nineteen and one in their last twenty. 
I mean, that is uh, that is incredible. And I, th- I would not be surprised if they won their final five if they need to, uh, to go 15-1 and one on the regular season this year and set themselves up. Now, there is some value, certainly, to the extent that we maintain and keep that bye week because that bye week is the difference between needing to win three in the postseason to get to the Super Bowl and needing to win two, not to mention the rest that you would get. So who gets that number one overall seed may matter a great deal. But I have got the Chiefs as the best team in the NFL. In the second spot, I've got the Steelers. Steelers are 11-0, but they have won six games by a touchdown or less that win against the Ravens seem to personify some of my fears to a great extent. And so I have got the Steelers, even though they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL, uh, I've got them at the second best team. And the way that I would put this is, if the Chiefs and the Steelers met, regardless of where that game is played, the Chiefs are going to be favored. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I've got the Steelers as the second best team in the NFL. And then I am rolling with the Saints, even right now as they deal with Taysom Hill. Uh, right now at 9-2, and two, the Saints, as they prepare at some point in time to hand the reins back to Drew Brees on their season, would be the number one overall team in the NFC I have got the Saints as the third best team. I love what their defense is doing. I think when Drew Brees comes back, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, I think they have the best combination, maybe, of offense and defense in the entirety of the NFL. Certainly, I think their offense in defense is better than the Chiefs. Steelers have a pretty phenomenal uh, defense. Can't really run the football, but that's the reason why I've got the Saints at three. If I were predicting right now, and I believe this was my prediction coming into the season, that there would be a Chiefs and Saints Super Bowl, that would be my prediction right now. I think the Saints win the NFC. I think the Saints, uh, the Chiefs win the AFC. In the four spot, Green Bay, uh, the Packers continue to distinguish themselves uh, with Aaron Rodgers, who I think is going to be number two in the MVP voting behind Patrick Mahomes, who I expect to win the MVP. So I've got the Packers in the fourth slot. And then in the fifth spot, a little bit of uh, of uncertainty. And I may have to reconfigure this before all is said and done. But I have got the Seahawks in my five spot. Just outside of my top five, I've got the Tennessee Titans at six. And I've got the Buffalo Bills at seven. So I'm giving you actually my top seven teams in order. Chiefs, Steelers, Saints, Packers, Seahawks, Titans, Bills. Now, if the Titans beat the Browns this weekend, and I will be at that game on Sunday, if the Titans beat the Browns, then I think you have to put the Titans in the top five because in three consecutive weeks, they would have beaten the Packers, they would have beaten the Colts, and Sorry, they would have beaten the, the Ravens, they would have beaten the Colts, and they would have beaten the Browns, which is three pretty impressive back-to-back-to-back wins. So I think you would have to find a way to get the Titans at 9-3 and three into the top five. We'll see whether or not they can get that win. They are around a six-point favorite. And by the way, you can get the Titans as a new user 25-1 to one payout you bet five dollars, 
you get $125 back if you go to fanduel.com slash clay for that Browns-Titans game. And by the way, if you're, uh, if you're a Browns fan and you're in the state of Tennessee and you want to bet on the Browns, you can also put $5 on the Browns and you get back $125. But the better bet right now, because the Titans are favored, is to go with the Titans again. That's a pretty incredible offer for new users. FanDuel.com slash Clay. So there's my top seven. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. How would you break down my top five compared to yours, Dub? Well, I think this is the first time ever since I've been on the show that we have the exact same top five. Yeah. And I've been known to be a bit of a Seahawks hater, I guess you could say. Yes. But the addition of Carlos Dunlap has made this defense actually at least average, I would say. You look at their last three games, they lost to the Rams but only gave up 23 points. They beat the Arizona Cardinals, giving up 21. And I understand it's the Eagles. They gave up 17. But that last touchdown, we all know what happened. That wasn't necessarily a real legitimate score. So since Carlos Dunlap has come back and Jamal Adams has been healthy, this defense is starting to become you know, trending from – very, very awful, one of the worst in the leagues, at least to about average. And if they can have an average defense with that offense and Russell Wilson the way they've been playing all season long, this is a very dangerous team. So I think Seattle could be on the up and up and up. And by the season, by the re- end of the regular season, I could see them being the favorite uh, in the NFC to represent in the Super Bowl. So there we go. Uh, NFL top five, think like a lion, not like a sheep. I think I've gotten my little tiger kittens out of the uh, studio now. I've managed to uh, get them corralled and out of the studio. Uh, When we come back, we are scheduled to be joined by Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. Again, to reemphasize, really impressive. BYU, Coastal Carolina are going to be playing. We'll be joined, scheduled to be joined by Coastal Carolina head coach uh, Jamie Chadwell. Also, Barrett Salee from CBS Sports. All of that headed your way. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates— Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be We're joined now by Barrett Salee of CBS Sports. We'll start with this question, Barrett. Are you still loving all of the Senate campaign ads that you guys in the state of Georgia get to continue to experience for at least another month? This is the God's honest truth. I went through just – I flipped through every network, like local network, just during one commercial break of of the Steelers-Ravens game on Wednesday, and – Every single one of them had one of, one of the four political candidates ads at the yeah. same time. They were all at commercial, and they all had a political ad. It is infuriating. Like, I, I joked with you a few weeks ago, but honest to God, if I saw a MyPillow commercial or a Liberty Mutual Insurance commercial, I would love it. I would sit there grin and grinning from ear to ear. It is, it, it's untenable. It's awful. Yeah, because everybody was ready, I feel like, when it got to whatever it was, November 3rd, and at least you knew, hey, the election is happening, and the election ads pretty much ended at that point, except for people in Georgia, because you guys just went into an additional two-month electoral calendar with the runoffs going on in the Senate, both simultaneously in Georgia. So I can't even imagine how frustrating it is with the political season that doesn't seem like it will ever end uh, for people who happen to live in the state of Georgia like you. All right, speaking of never-ending, there are so many different crazy storylines that are out there in college football and in the NFL in general. But the fact that Coastal Carolina is going yesterday, they were still scheduled to play Liberty And now, all of a sudden, Liberty can't play because of COVID-related issues. And BYU is traveling across the whole country with their their caravan, their their trucks, to be able to play against Coastal Carolina. 
is pretty remarkable, right? We're scheduled to talk on the show with uh, Jamie Chadwell, the, uh, the coach of Coastal Carolina, in the third hour of the program about all of this and how wild it is. But, I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah, I don't want to hear from any athletic director about how hard it is to schedule a game so you have to schedule it 15 years out. Like, yeah. I never want to hear that yeah. ever, ever again. Um, but good for BYU, man. Like, Coastal Carolina already was pumped. They're getting game day. And BYU needing a, you know, a signature win or another signature win, if you count the Boise State game one, um, and, and recognizing that game day is at Coastal and agreeing to a game, like, good for BYU. The, the, the schedule issue with BYU, the, the strength of schedule issue, has always been bizarre to me. Because what did you expect them to do? Their schedule got completely erased by COVID. And for them to scramble and just get a schedule together is a minor miracle. And then to take advantage of this situation, good for them. I can't wait to see it. Uh, They're going to get a lot of buzz. Obviously, Coastal Carolina deserves it for what they've been able to do. And BYU is a legit good football team. They've got grown adults with, like, families and 401Ks on the line of scrimmage. Like, they they are – they are really good. So excited to see that. And, um, you know, it's, it's just it's good. Like, you know, obviously this is a strange season and games are getting canceled and games are getting moved. And for us to get a game like that, this with uh, two undefeated teams and be, being able to get a gauge for both of them, which one, you know, what they actually are, uh, really pumped. And, man, if, if you were to tell me living in Provo, Utah, in the middle of the, the winter with snow everywhere, that I get to go to Myrtle Beach on a whim, even though Myrtle Beach has its downsides at times, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. You know, what? what's also interesting about the way this all goes, and I started off the show talking about this, I think BYU deserves way more credit than they're getting because mm-hmm. everybody in the Mountain West time zone and everybody in the Pacific time zone canceled the college football season and basically said, we're not playing for the entirety right. of July and August. And BYU not only said, we're playing, everybody canceled on them. They went back to the drawing board. They have done whatever it takes to put together a college football schedule. And now, drop of a hat, hardly any promotional time, preparation time at all, they're on the road to play against Coastal Carolina. It's really a credit to them, I think. It, it really is. And, and they got criticized. And look, I criticized them a little bit for the Washington thing a, a few weeks ago where uh, they backed out of a game with the, with, uh, with the Huskies because they weren't guaranteed the game in reality because the Pac-12 um, you know, could, could rip it out from under their feet, which would have happened, by the way, because they, they scheduled Washington-Utah on a whim. Um, so, you know, I, I get that. And, and so to, for BYU to, to do it and to agree with it, uh, to, to agree to do it, I think it does speak to, I wouldn't necessarily say the anytime, anybody, anywhere thing that they've been saying, but it does speak to the effort. I, look, and the thing with BYU, and, and I wrote this in, in my reaction column on Tuesday night about the, the rankings, they figured out a way to play Boise State. They figured out a way to get Troy on the schedule and Houston on the schedule. Yeah, I get that some of those teams have had bad years, but that's not BYU's fault. That's right. They found, they found out a way to get it done. And so you've heard schedule intent sort of thrown around with the playoff committee every once in a while. I think schedule intent for BYU matters a lot, right? Like because – if, the, if there's a limited pool of teams that they can schedule to even make a statement, then 
getting the best of the best, or at least the perceived best of the best of the group of five to agree to play with you, like that's a huge deal. So, uh, yeah, they, they deserve a lot of credit. Coastal Carolina deserves a lot of credit because they do have a shot at, at a New Year's Six Bowl game, and this is going to basically make or break that. And, and so both these teams, yeah, ton of credit for both. We're talking to Barrett Salee. You can follow him on Twitter at Barrett Salee. CBSSports.com is where you can read him. Okay, speaking of college football chaos, the ACC basically decides, you know what? Let's just do away with our games on December 12th. We had Notre Dame scheduled to go to Wake Forest. Maybe the idea was you were going to make up the Florida State-Clemson game, although I think we all know that Dabo probably was not willing to get his team to travel back down to Tallahassee after the game being canceled on the day of. What do you think about the ACC's move to basically say, hey, it's this weekend and then we got the scores posted and we're rolling right into the ACC championship game. If you can get away with it, do it. You know, uh, if you can find a way to say, all right, look, we're not going to deal with any of these shenanigans. We're not going to put a team out there on December 12th, not knowing who their opponent is because certain, uh, certain games could still get canceled. Like let's just say in theory, the Notre Dame Wake Forest game, they could still have issues somewhere. If, if you can get away with it and have some sort of reasonable argument, then, then do it. I'm fine with it, honestly. It's, the ACC is in a situation where you've got one year with Notre Dame. You've got one shot with them in the conference right now. And it, it, they're, they're in a position to make the playoff. Right now they're going to make the playoff. I don't think there's any doubt about that, even with a loss to Clemson. Uh, in the ACC championship game, so I look. I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really uh, fault John Swafford. He's looking around, saying the goal is to get two teams in the playoff. That's been the goal for the SEC for a long time, uh, and you finally have two teams that that legitimately have a case. So it, it give them, assuming it's Clemson and Notre Dame, which uh, based on on how this has gone down, clearly that's the assumption. Uh, to give them two weeks to to prepare for each other in Charlotte and and see if you can get a good game and, and see if you can get Clemson uh, to, to, to get that, get revenge and get them both. And I'm fine with it, honestly. It's not, it, it's not a big deal. And honestly, if I'm John Swafford, I'd do the same thing. What do you think about the SEC's reaction? And do you think, <laughs> and look, it doesn't seem like Commissioner Greg Sankey of the SEC was very happy with the ACC decision, but I actually thought when I saw it, if Vander, sorry Vanderbilt, if Florida were to beat Tennessee on Saturday, and if Alabama beats LSU on Saturday, as would be expected, so there's really no need for Florida to play against LSU or Alabama to play against Arkansas, other than for purposes of completing the season. I thought maybe the SEC would do the same thing as the ACC. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. No, because the SEC would care more about, you know, the, the limited revenue from having fans in stadiums and whatnot. So there's that aspect of it, too. And, and really, the SEC's goal all along has been to get everybody 10 games, which yep. will, will likely happen because of games that are going to be played on December 19th that are not the SEC championship game. So uh, that's been the SEC's sort of implied and, in some cases, stated goal throughout all of this. And, and look, I, I like Greg Sankey. I, a lot of the things he says I'm 100% on board with. But if you're talking about manipulating the schedule in order to, uh, to get teams, two teams into the college football playoff, 
why is Cupcake Saturday scheduled every single year the weekend before rivalry games, aside from this year? Right? Like, the reason that exists is to give your good teams preparation for their rivalry games. So, I just, that, that, uh, you know, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. And clearly, uh, the ACC's decision is to get two teams in, and the SEC literally creates its schedule during normal years for that specific reason. Uh, uh, by the way, BYU, 10-point favorite at Coastal Carolina. That game obviously being scheduled on the fly here. You're, BYU, uh, you BYU, BYU. You think BYU wins big? I love Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina and Jamie Shadwell. That is going, when those two teams are on the same field together, it's going to look like varsity versus JV in terms of just overall talent and size and speed and skill. I don't know if you remember this, but you know you go back and look at Alabama against some of the, 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 um, the uh, college football playoff teams they played, like Michigan State. It's going to look like that, where you just know in warm-ups that the BYU dudes are on a different level. Because I, I'm not joking, because of mission trips, their their offensive and defensive linemen are are literally adults, like like not just like young adults in college, like legit adults. And there's just they're not uh, Coastal Carolina just doesn't have that. We're talking to Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com. All right, Big Ten mess. Um, there's <laughs> been a lot of talk, and I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people too. I started talk started off my show yesterday talking about the decision about uh, what might have to happen with Ohio State, whether they could get a new opponent scheduled for Ohio State if Michigan were not able to play. Let's start here. Were you surprised by Kirk Herbstreet's comments Hmm. on Tuesday night, which, to be fair, it seems like he was like a day ahead of the news cycle because Michigan had not yet canceled their game against Maryland if that had happened, then I think the question of what exactly might happen the next week against Ohio State would have been even more in play. Uh, but were you surprised by the fallout from those comments? When he said it, I wasn't surprised by the fallout because right when he was saying it, it was like one of those things like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Oh, you did it. Right. Like, I, And I like Kirk. And honestly, how many of us actually thought what he was saying before he said it? Like a lot of us thought that. Now yes. it was, it was it, 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 for the most part a joke, right? Like, okay, yeah, Michigan can bail out and and ruin Ohio State season because they can't beat them on the field, so they might as well uh, prevent them from making the playoff, right? Like that. A lot of us said it in a joking manner, and certainly a lot of us thought it in a joking manner. I, the way Kurt presented it is that it was potential reality and that it was being discussed among coaches outside of Ohio state and Michigan, that part of it, I I think he, he overstepped his bounds, but I I think him saying what a lot of us had thought, but even though a lot of us thought it in a joking manner, I, I thought, Oh, you can't do that. Not with that platform, not on the college football playoff ranking show and don't present it as fact, right? Like if you want to make a joke about it, fine, whatever. But or even talk about the back. possibility that it could happen, right? That, that, that this has been, once Ohio State had to cancel against Illinois, based on the Big Ten rule, you knew they yeah. had to play the final two games. And if Michigan is not going to be able to play, and, and frankly, these are conversations that are going on behind the scenes, and Dabo kind of blew it up in public when Florida State decided not to play against Clemson. 
But because they don't have to release all of the testing data publicly, you know, in the NFL, for better or worse, we know exactly who has tested positive pretty quickly and it's transparent and they have a COVID injury list, whatever you want to call it, that they put out from the NFL and you can see exactly how many players are impacted. In college football, we don't have that. And so you can have a situation where one player tests positive and a team doesn't feel like they can play because of contact tracing, which is its own mess and everything else, but it leaves open the possibility of subterfuge in a way that doesn't exist necessarily in the same way in the NFL. You're right. You're right. And and that, I think, is, is the genesis of, of Dabo's frustration and why maybe Kirk thought that what he was saying could be reality because there is just that unknown, right? Like there's just the unknown that uh, maybe that team feels like since it's two quarterbacks had COVID and, and the coach knows that, then, you know, they, they've got to find a way to keep it hush hush and bail. Uh, and, and that cloak of secrecy really has, it's, it, it's to a point been around college football forever because you, you never know about injuries. And a lot of times you don't know about suspensions. And uh, that, I think, is, is gamesmanship. And, and I think that fear and the paranoia, which, I mean, you talk to coaches the same way I do, they're the most paranoid people on the planet without question, uh, and especially in college because they don't know all the information, that, that it's just sort of a residual effect that uh, naturally coaches in college would think that, uh, that there's something going on behind the scenes that, uh, that they might not know about. So to me, it's more of a mindset thing than anything else, uh, but it's, it's not surprising because that's just the way those guys are wired. So let's go to the Ohio State situation. The athletic directors in the Big Ten have an ability to remake the rules as to who should be eligible. <laughs> do you think they should do it? I think they should do it. But I don't know if it matters at this point. They, they, look, you should put your two best teams in. Uh, if you have divisions, fine. I don't like divisions in college football. I don't like divisions in pro sports. I think they're stupid. But yeah. uh, if, you, if you have divisions, you, you need to find a way to get the best team from each division in, uh, in the championship game. And, look, this is a strange year. None of the rules you break right now, are, you're not going to be held to them moving forward. And if, if people expect that, then they're idiots. So if, if you have this issue and you have to be fluid with things, then do it. So, yeah, I would, I would eliminate that stipulation and, and say, look, Ohio State, if you're 5-0, and go play in the, in the Big Ten championship game, whatever. And I don't know if it will do anything, though, because I think most people understand that conference championships really aren't what we're talking about in terms of, of – uh, making a team playoff worthy, although it is in that, the, the protocols. I think the eye test matters way more and, and even more so this year than any other year. So if Ohio State doesn't have enough games to, to prove that the eye test, to prove to the eye test folks that they're worth, the, worth it, you know, playing in the Big Ten Championship game over Northwestern doesn't matter, right? Like that's just, yeah, that's, that's just a, a, another game. For, for people that, that view Ohio, want to view Ohio State as elite. So I, I would change it if I were Kevin Warren. Uh, there were a lot of different things that I would do if I were Kevin Warren because he's botched this every step of the way. Uh, but I would certainly do away with it. Uh, but, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think it would 
accomplish what what they hope that it would accomplish. I think that hay is sort of already in the barn. Okay, so the only way I see, I'm curious if you agree or disagree, the only way I see an undefeated Ohio State being left out of the college football playoff is if the following happens. If Alabama loses to Florida and you have 10-1 yeah. and one Florida, 10-1 and one Alabama, both those teams are going to be in, right? I would and be stunned beyond belief. Nine and one Texas A&M still out there. I'm going to get to them in a sec. But if Clemson then beats Notre Dame, I think mm-hmm. that both Clemson and Notre Dame are in. So one yeah. scenario would have two SEC, two ACC teams, and it wouldn't matter what Ohio State did. I think they would be left out. Are yeah. there other scenarios in your mind where an undefeated Ohio State could be left out other than the one I just said? In other words... Is there any possibility that 9-1 and one Texas A&M gets in above Ohio State in your mind? Is there any possibility that undefeated Cincinnati or undefeated BYU or anybody else can make that run and put themselves in position to jump over Ohio State? For BYU and Cincinnati, it would take an upset, which, look, we, we could happen, whatever, because, you know, it's college football. Um, I, I think if Texas A&M looks great down the stretch, which they did, their defense is filthy. And, and I think people are starting to recognize how good that defense is. If they look great against Auburn, look great in the following week, I think they play Ole Miss, um, that, that would go a long way, especially if it's their defense driving the bus. Uh, because you're sitting there talking about uh, a 9-1 team that has looked dominant. And against Alabama, I know Alabama, the scoreboard looks one way. Uh, they got inside the 25-yard line five times, and I think they only got six points out of it or something like that. Um, so I could see a situation where Texas A&M puts more uh, on the on the table than uh, than Ohio State. If you go back and listen uh, to, to what Iowa's AD Dave Barca said on Tuesday, he said that the debate between Texas A&M and Ohio State was pretty close last week. So if it's close now, then I would imagine it would only get closer and more heated as they move forward. Good stuff, as always. Barrett Salee, appreciate you, my man. Have a good weekend. Enjoy those political ads. I will not do that, Clay, but thank you. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans, and yet 
there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be figuring out who the best teams in the NFL are and figuring out who the worst teams in the NFL are as we come in for our final hour of the program. Usually we do this earlier in the week, but because we didn't have a completed schedule until Thursday, because we had the Wednesday afternoon game between the Ravens and the Steelers, and then Thursday we had so much going on, unpacking all the different guests, all the different details, we didn't get around to doing our top five, bottom five in the NFL. So... It is time to put into context top five and bottom five, letting you know we are scheduled to be joined in the next segment by Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina head football coach. Also want to encourage you, as always, go download the podcast. Thanks for all the support in November. Incredible numbers. Millions of you downloading the podcast, and I hope that will continue. Uh, We got Barrett Salee in the second hour of the program, if you're just waking up. First hour of the program, Lance Taylor, my buddy, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. And again, Coastal Carolina's Jamie Chadwell. We were just talking about the idea of Urban Meyer to uh, Texas and what a wild move that would be and all the pursuit and craziness that's going on there. Before we get into the top five, bottom five, do you think Urban goes to Texas, yes or no, Dub? Man, if he wants to coach, yes, but that's the big question, obviously. I think he does. I think Texas is going to make him an offer he cannot refuse in the double digits of millions of dollars per year. I'm going to say yes. I think there's a good chance he goes too, and I think there's an uh, underrated aspect of a little bit of a feud going on between Cold, cold, cold War, uh, I would say, between 
Tom Herman, the former offensive coordinator of Urban Meyer at Ohio State, over that Zach Smith situation, which I think poisoned much of Urban Meyer's perspective on his time at Ohio State. And so I would anticipate that Urban Meyer would like to get back into coaching. I think he misses it. He's pretty good on television, by the way. Urban Meyer on the uh, Fox pregame show. They got to give credit to the uh, Fox pregame show. They put together a good cast. Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinert, Rob Stone, Urban Meyer. I know all those guys pretty well, uh, but that's a pretty good show. Uh, those guys hang and uh, and interact and do a good job putting on a uh, an entertaining show. For a long time, people said there's never going to be anybody who can ever compete with college game day. And I do think that those guys have put together a good show, and I think Urban Meyer is a big part of it. So he's good at television. But I think ultimately taking back over a job like Texas is going to be tough to resist if that offer officially comes uh, to Urban Meyer. But I gave you the top five in the NFL to start the show. I'll reinforce those, and then we'll talk about the list of sadness. So starting off on the positive side, I have got the Chiefs as the best team in the NFL. I understand that they've lost a game, that they're 10-1, and and uh, that there are people out there who can point out that they haven't always been great this season. I think when they have been challenged the most, they've played the best. They came out, dominated against the Bucs, got up 17 to nothing. It felt like they kind of coasted after that, to be honest. We saw them go on the road and dominate the Ravens. When teams feel as if they are on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs, it feels like that's when the Chiefs raise their overall level of performance to a different caliber. And so I like the Chiefs as the best team in the NFL. If you told me right now that I had to pick one team in order to win the Super Bowl, that's who I would take, the Chiefs. I don't think it's a difficult call. The Chiefs I've got as the best team in the NFL, second best team in the NFL. I think it's the Steelers. I know the Steelers are 11-0, probably with Bud Dupree's injury. That's going to hurt them because they can now double-team T.J. Watt on the other side. I still like this defense. Love what Minka Fitzpatrick does. Man, how good of a trade does that look like it was? Uh, The Steelers are 11-0. Great short passing game with Ben Roethlisberger. A little bit nervous about their ability to run the football. Uh, But I like what I'm seeing out of Roethlisberger. Long-time success story in the NFL. We know he's got the goods to be able to win a Super Bowl because he's already won two of them. Uh, I would like the Chiefs against the Steelers in an AFC title game matchup to the extent that happened, but I am going to roll with the Steelers at 11-0 as the best possible uh, second best team in my top five. Third place, Saints. I've got the best team in the NFC. I know Drew Brees is coming off an injury. Tough game coming up against the Falcons. But with Taysom Hill, they've gone 2-0. and Now 7-0 and if you combine that with Teddy Bridgewater last year. That's a sign of the depth the Saints bring to bear. They've lost three straight in the playoffs on the final play of the game. Pretty insane to even think about that being possible. I think they are the number one favorite to go to the Super Bowl this year. I've got the Green Bay Packers as my fourth best team, Seahawks as my fifth, and then I've got the Titans at six and the Bills at seven for people out there who wonder where I have the rest of these teams broken down. If the Titans beat the Browns and win their third straight game after going on the road and beating the Ravens and the Colts, I think I'd have to bump the Titans up into the top five. Don't have them there yet. So my top five, the outkick top five, a.k.a. the outkick top seven, Chiefs one, Steelers two, Saints three, Packers four, Seahawks five, Titans at six, and the Bills, 
I have got right now at seven. And if you're wondering why I've got the Bills behind the Titans, it's because the Titans won the head-to-head matchup back in, I believe it was October, uh, when that game was actually played. All right, in the bottom five, all right, the list of sadness. And by the way, Dub, you agreed entirely with my top five, which almost never happens. Yeah, I think it was the first time ever. I One through five, exact same teams, is that exact same order. All right, bottom five, the list of sadness. We just gave you the list of optimism, the list of, hey, the day's going to be a bright, shiny uh, moment. Now here comes the five worst teams. This is what I would call the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, all right? In the 28th spot right now in the NFL, I've got the Eagles. I'm sorry, Carson Wentz is just playing so bad that I can't keep them out of the bottom five anymore. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to Jalen Hurts. Dub, you made a really good point earlier this week, which was if there were fans present and the Philly fans were booing as frequently and as loudly as they are famous for doing, there is no way that Carson Wentz would still be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think there is uh, no way to keep them out of the bottom five right now. I've got the Eagles as the 28th best team in the NFL. Cowboys, all right? I think the Cowboys should consider themselves to be squarely in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes at this point. After the performance that they put up and the beatdown that they took on Thanksgiving in front of everybody to get that kind of whipping, I got to be honest with you. I just don't see how the Cowboys, everybody's talking about what do they do with Dak coming off of the injury? What do they do with Mike McCarthy? To me, the Cowboys are squarely in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And I wonder whether it makes sense for them to start thinking about the possibility of trading up. Maybe they sign and trade Dak Prescott to gain some more draft picks. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, somebody. The Cowboys are in the top five of the draft right now somebody they have to like with all these quarterbacks that are potentially coming out. And would you rather have a quarterback under a rookie contract where you can potentially lock in a really low cost for the next four or five years? Or would you rather give $100 million to Dak Prescott? If the Cowboys were mediocre, this wouldn't be a conversation I'm having. But when you're as bad as they are, when you are sitting at, what are they, three and eight, when you're three and eight and you're going to be drafting in the top five, I think you have to consider yourself a part of the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields sweepstakes and maybe be willing to make a move to get up there, particularly because you got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, a lot of young, talented wide receivers. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott still has some gas left in the tank. I don't know if he does or not, but at least you have offensive weaponry. The offensive line going to come back and be healthy. You could save a lot of salary cap space. To me, the Cowboys have to think about that move, but I've got them at 29 right now. So the Eagles at 28, the Cowboys at 29. This is unfortunate for Bengals fans. I've got you now at 30th. Totally different team without Joe Burrow. Uh, unfortunately, I ho- uh, Joe Burrow had that uh, devastating knee injury. I hope he comes back 100% healthy for the start of the season. And uh, in the meantime, he took a lot of sacks. That Bengals offensive line gave up a lot of hits. Uh, I have got the Bengals at the 30th best team in the NFL. Uh, Then I have the Jags, who are squarely in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, sitting at 1-10. The Jacksonville Jaguars, there to their credit, still playing hard, still competitive in a lot of games, but I have got them at 31. And then, no surprise here, the worst team in the NFL, I have got the Jets sliding in 
at the 32nd spot. So the list of sadness in order counting down, Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, Jags, Jets. What say you, Dub? A lot of agreement here. Almost a perfect 10 for 10 on the top five and bottom five. I've got Jacksonville and Cincinnati flip-flops, but who really cares at that point? But I want to talk about the Eagles here. I mean, they're 3-7-1, and one, and where's the hope for this franchise, honestly? Because you, you look at the other teams in the bottom five, they at least have a sliver of hope. I mean, Dallas, right. Dallas, they've got Dak Prescott at the very least coming back next season healthy. And if they don't, they potentially could go in, like I said, with a top five pick and get a great, brand new quarterback. Exactly. And that goes the same with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're probably going to end up with a number one or number two pick. With Justin Tr- Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So there's theory. hope there. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow went down with that awful injury. But you know, reports are he's he, they're strongly confident that he's going to come back fully healthy at some point in the somewhat near future. And then the Jets, yes, they haven't won a game, but when you have Trevor Lawrence on the horizon, it gives you hope. The Philly, I mean, Wentz is getting paid. We talked about this at length. Over $100 million guaranteed this week we talked about. And their upcoming schedule, it does not get any easier. They got Green Bay this week. They got New Orleans the next week. They got Arizona the week after that. And then they end up the season at Dallas and against Washington. So two division games. That I mean, at this point with this division, who knows? Maybe if they win both those games, they make the playoffs and win the division. But I don't make Philly a favorite at Dallas, honestly, even though, I mean, Cowboys will probably be a minus two favorite in that game if that game happened this weekend. And if it was against Washington, a team that beat them already by 10 points in week one before we even knew exactly how bad this Eagles team was, I got to like the, the the Washington football team in that matchup. So we're looking at this Philly schedule I mean, there's a real chance they don't win another game this season. Yeah, look, uh, and they already drafted a quarterback, right? So even if they end up with a poor pick, like I'm talking about the Cowboys, if you're comparing Dak and Wentz, which a lot of people have been doing, at least with Dak, you can walk away, right? The Cowboys can walk away right now and just say, you know what, Dak, we love everything that you did for us, but based on where we're drafting and based on some of our salary cap issues, we think we need a quarterback making a lot less money than what you're going to make on the open market. We love everything that you did for us. We hope you have Godspeed, good wishes, go forward. The Eagles can't do that. And the Eagles can't even go now and draft a replacement for Carson Wentz. They can't pull a situation like the Packers did and go get Jordan Love because they already took Jalen Hurts in the second round. So I think the Eagles are in a really tough spot. They may end up with a top five caliber pick as well. And there's all these quarterbacks out there. Maybe they can trade down and add a couple of assets. Maybe they need help on the offensive line. Certainly, maybe at wide receiver, they can go find somebody. But man, this is a tough situation. I think you're right for the Eagles to find themselves in the bottom five some of these other teams you would kind of anticipate being there and there's reason for hope good point by you the Eagles I mean if Doug Peterson doesn't win that Super Bowl I think he probably gets fired at the end of this season I don't know how many years the Super Bowl win is going to protect him if the performance continues to look like this I mean it's a great it's a great debate point out there uh, for Philly fans and other NFC East fans and, and just football fans in general. All right, so we go to break. Jamie Chadwell scheduled to join us next. He's the head coach of Coastal Carolina. Join now one of the wildest, craziest, zaniest stories in all of sports has been the college football schedule in general this fall, but maybe the wildest one yet 
Coastal Carolina was scheduled to play against Liberty tomorrow. And then on Thursday morning, the news officially comes out. Liberty has got COVID issues, and instead, BYU is going to be the opponent. We bring in now Coastal Carolina head football coach Jamie Chadwell, who is lined up for college game day to come to town tomorrow. All sorts of craziness going on. Coach, like, when do you become aware that you might not be able to play Liberty, and how does this entire BYU process come together? Well, Clay, it was crazy. You know, we're, we're uh, we we had actually heard some rumblings earlier in the week that maybe they might have potential issues, but you know, you hear that all the time. And then we're out at we're out at practice uh, Wednesday, uh, and really just getting ready to get off the field, and uh, saying, "Hey, it sounds like this is not happening," and we think BYU's up. I'm like, oh, "BYU? Where did they come out of?" <laughs> uh, and you know, with game day being here and it being a, obviously a big opportunity for a university, we didn't want to not play anybody. And you start looking around, you try to find out who's, you know, who maybe has potential openings because there are a lot of different people that have some cancellations. And you know, with the way the way G five is this year, you know, we're trying to get somebody into that uh, into the uh, New Year six, and uh, we're not afraid to play anybody. And I'm sure BYU isn't either. They want a trip to the beach. They're out in Utah right now, so uh, they they wanted to make it happen too. So it came around that quick. I mean, we we found found out late Wednesday there was a potential for that uh, and then Thursday morning it uh, you know it got finalized so how do you prep I'm assuming you guys were getting ready for Liberty looking at ta- tape getting your normal game prep done and then all of a sudden record scratch you got a brand new opponent to get ready for how do you scramble and get ready you don't know till Thursday morning who you're playing what's that process look like well, it's absolute chaos to be honest with you. So, you, you, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, you sort of find that out. You're thinking, all right, there's a lot going on with this. So we we actually started, you know, breaking them down and doing the things you need to do on a Wednesday night. You have your your young coaches, your GAs, et cetera, analysts start doing those things. Uh, and then we found out officially uh, Thursday morning at about 9 a.m. So we're getting ready to watch our our, our our practice tape and do our last minute preps for you know Liberty, and you know you cancel. So now we're now we're in there. We're we're going through uh, their games, and each coach has a breakdown segment that they're looking at. And when you when you're playing on a short notice like this, you know you, you can't come up with anything fancy. You basically got to do what you do, uh, and hope it's good enough against what they do. And you just try to find a little bit of stuff that uh, you think you can take advantage of. I've never. I've never been in a situation where you've had basically two days to try to get ready for a huge game, you know, a game that, you know, you're probably going in as an underdog. So it's unique, but, uh, um, you know, at the end of the day, what, what did old Pat Hill used to say at Fresno, we'll play anybody anywhere. So I think we're taking that mantra. Well, it, it, it is good for you guys because there is, and I'm sure you heard and have heard some of the chatter among other college coaches, that it appears some teams are using covid as an excuse not to play games. I love this storyline in general from both your side and BYU's side where on the spur of the moment, about as little prep as you could possibly have, you guys are doing the exact opposite. You're finding a way to play even when a lot of other teams wouldn't have. Well, we did, in which you know I give credit to both uh, you know both administrations and people to make that happen. You know, and uh, if game day's not here, does it happen? Who knows? You know, but for for them to be here and have that stage and to be able to put on you know the top three you know G five team, the two of the top three G five teams in the country, that's a pretty cool deal to have. You know, and for us to host that. Uh, and to be able to make it happen, you know, and I, I think that you give credit to both, you know, both coaches that want to make it happen, and it should be a heck of a game and a, and a, and a definitely a fun one. 
uh, and uh, the mullets versus the Mormons is what it's going to be called. <laughs> what uh, I love that, by the way. What has uh, what has it been like since you found out game day was coming to Coastal? And then you have this record scratch moment where suddenly Liberty's not able to play, but then BYU's stepping in. I mean, where does this week already rank among the wildest weeks of your life, or is it already there before you even get to the game itself? Well, it's pretty close. You know, when, when they come, I mean, that, that's a, you know, for our level, for a G5, that hardly that never happens hardly. And, and that experience and, and then finding out when they're coming, I mean, you're, you're thrilled, you're excited, there's nervousness, there's anxiousness, because you don't, I mean, they rolled in here, Tuesday, six deep of semis, you know, and they're yep. taking over everything. I mean, it's a whole big, you know, extravaganza. You know that. Uh, and then you go from the the excitement of that, then you hear about uh, Liberty, and then you're worried, man, are, are they going to be? Are we not going to be able to play and not going to be able to experience that? So then you start getting a little worried, and then obviously you got to find out an opponent, and then you get a, even a bigger one, uh, you know, a bigger opportunity there. So I, I think we've had the range of emotions. It's been it's been a crazy week, and and we still we still got a day to go, twenty four plus hours to go for a kickoff. Who knows what's going to happen? So how big is this for the coastal program? Uh, you know, arguably, obviously, I wasn't here during the FCS days, but arguably, this is the biggest, you know, biggest game, biggest stage that we've ever had in our history of our program. So it, it has the opportunity to uh, be a program changer, be a program definer, and you know what we're doing as far as the landscape of college football. We go out and find a way to, uh, you know, win this football game. I mean, we're we're in a serious consideration for a New Year's Six Bowl in our four years of our existence. That doesn't happen, so it's a big one. It's a big opportunity. Have you gotten your wife's van fixed yet? Because uh, I know that there obviously is a big game going on, but uh, I remember I, I think we wrote a story about it at OutKick. You were asked about your interest in the South Carolina job, and you said your wife's van had a check engine light, and you were more worried about that. Is it fixed? It is fixed, uh, and uh, she's a, as you know, she's a special lady. She she's uh, she's the type of wife that uh, allows you to you know coach college football. She's she's awesome, and uh, and so right now right now she's got me trying to uh, put together this uh, this dang thing in her bedroom, and it's taken me about three weeks, and it's supposed to be like two hours. What is it? Like some sort of credenza or something? Or I don't even know what no, a credenza it's, it's, is. It's I don't a, know why that word even I, came. I don't I have no clue what a credenza is. That's a nice word, but it's, yeah. it's basically like a, a set of Chester drawers. But she, you know, she, but you have to put it together. We didn't want to buy it, she, so I have to put it together. And me putting together like that is trying to, you know, trying to put glue sticks together. I just can't do yeah. it. So, uh, do you think Nick Saban uh, has ever? Do you think Nick Saban's ever put together any element of furniture for his wife? No shot, no shot. He's too busy doing some of those things. So, uh, so I know I've got a good one. I got to hold on to her. I have to do. I'll do anything she asks me to. So, when's the when's the projected uh, finish date for the uh, for the chest of drawers? I'm gonna probably say mid January if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, in That's addition, probably safe. <laughs> that is probably safe. In addition to all the other things going on, um, you have uh, got. I mean, your team is undefeated. You're ranked in the top twenty five. You got other programs taking note of what you've been able to accomplish. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, open coaching jobs. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to get into all the specifics there. But in addition to the chaos of running your own program, what is it like to be a coach and also have other job opportunities out there? I imagine this is a unique and, uh, and first-time kind of scenario for you. What is that like? 
Well, it, it's uh, it's a challenging piece because the you know there's distractions with that. Obviously, your name gets mentioned in some of those, and that's awesome. You know, SEC jobs. Uh, I'm from Tennessee. Uh, you know, as you know, so that 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 state means a lot to me. Uh, and you know, when you mention for that, that's that's a it's it's humbling and it's a great credit to our players and our staff because of the type of season. But also, you know, those are questions that get asked over and over. And then and what that does is sometimes it it, it takes your focus or your players' focus away from what you're trying to do, and it, it's a big challenge uh, and I've tried to you know tried to handle it honestly and up front and uh, with our players and team and I told them I said hey if these sometimes these rumors get around and if these rumors become more than rumors I'll let them know and I, I've tried to be up front and honest with them there and uh, but it is it's really a first time on this type of stage level that you've had to deal with those things so I've, I'm learning as I go so to speak but um, you know it's it's it is humbling to have your name mentioned for some you know jobs uh, obviously like those. We're talking to Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina's head football coach. For people out there who don't know your team, and they're going to be watching game day on Saturday, and they're going to be watching this big game, rapidly scheduled game against BYU, what does Coastal look like? What would you hope that they will see on Saturday? I think you'll see a team that plays with relentless effort, they play with relentless passion, and they play for each other. No matter who we play, no matter the situation, no matter circumstances, we believe in ourselves, and we're going to play for each other, and we're going to play for the university we represent. And that will show up on video. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we got some guys that have some long mullets. We got some guys that have some messed up hair. Uh, we have some guys that uh, you know shouldn't be out there the way their bodies look. And but they love to have, compete, and we're going to find a way to compete, and we're going to find a way to get the job done. And that's what our, I love about our team. You mentioned the mullets versus the Mormons. Uh, who has the best hair on the team? Oh, that's that's close. I think I would have to go with. Uh, I think I'd have to go with. Uh, I'd go with two: Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly. They're our linebackers, uh, and uh, they've got they've got really nice mullets going. Uh, one of them's dyed his hair blonde, uh, and he looks good. And then, uh, and then if you go beyond our beyond our team, we have a team manager. Uh, his name's JD. He's a spitting image. I mean, he's a doppelganger. A doppelganger of Eastbound and Down, uh, Kenny, uh, <laughs> Kenny Powers. He's a doppelganger, Kenny Powers. Like it's, I mean, it's. He, he tweeted at game day and said, "Hey, I want to see my dad, Kenny Powers, be the guest picker." I mean, he's identical. <laughs> his hair's his hair's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, that is. He have a jet ski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a lot going on. Uh, all right, we're talking to uh, to Jamie Chadwell, who is uh, the head coach at Coastal Carolina. Uh, last question for you, Coach. How many hours of sleep do you get in a week like this? I'm just curious in terms of your preparation. How do you make sure that you are ready to roll come kickoff on Saturday for what is obviously a chaotic and exciting week for you and your program? Well, on a on a on a normal one, you know, you're you're not getting tons. You know, I, I try to get uh, you know, you're, you're you got some late nights Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then you try to catch up Wednesday, Thursday. At least that's how we do some things. But this week, because of uh, the change, you know, to, uh, Thursday night was late night. Uh, tonight's going to be another late night because you're still trying to get some things ready. So uh, not much this week, uh, but uh, hopefully it'll be all worth it Saturday after a victory. No doubt. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to finish that uh, building project in your wife's uh, bedroom as well. Uh, did you say her wife, your wife's bedroom, which, by the way, is a great line because it's really not your bedroom. It's her bedroom, right? Once you're married, you don't really 100%. have a bedroom anymore. It's just hers. 100% it's hers. I, you, it's just a place for you to sleep. I sort of I view it like as my hotel room. Yeah. You know, we bought a new house about four or five years ago when we walked in and we had this massive 
massive closet, walk-in closet, right? My wife absolutely loved it. And uh, she was like, I mean, this thing is like, I mean, it's as big as a place like I would have lived, you know, sometimes when I was, uh, when I was growing up in, uh, in college and early life. And, uh, and I walked in and she was like, well, I don't know where your clothes are going to go. I mean, it was like immediately I didn't even matter in the walk-in closet. She had taken over the entire thing before we had even uh, moved anything in at all. So there for all the single guys out there listening, uh, that's your wife. But important always life lesson. Happy wife, happy life. And I hope you guys are happy uh, Saturday with the game. You deserve it. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you very much for having me on. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.